I have a question for you. Are you suffering from BPS? Do you know all the signs and symptoms? Well, BPS is a serious problem. I see it all the time and it is called blank page syndrome. That's right. So many people have a hard time coming up with ideas on what to write in their emails and that's what prevents them from having an active email campaign. So today we're going to talk about ways that you can get ideas for your email topics so that you always have an abundance of things to talk about. Grab your confident copy calendar. This is step three in our 2024 email marketing plan series. I want you to get clear and confident on your email marketing plan for next year so that you can be less stressed and make more sales. So head on over to the show notes. If you haven't downloaded that free guide, it's there for you. 29 pages of goodness. Just grab it and let's go. Welcome to Copy That Converts, the podcast that gives you copywriting and email marketing tips to help your business connect with ideal clients who will actually buy. Consider me your bossy big sister for your business. I'll tell you exactly what to do to create high converting copy so you can close your laptop with confidence knowing that you've created words that work. I'm Megan Wisdom, a certified copywriter and bona fide big sis who's helped five, six, and seven figure business owners make thousands of dollars through email marketing. And I want to help you do that too. Get ready for some no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is advice with a sprinkle of fun as we learn how to create copy that converts into sales. I'm going to give you two key points for writing better emails today. Two questions you can ask yourself. Is it interesting or important? And is it clear? So if you write an email, if you can answer those two questions, you're doing great. So is it clear? That's pretty pretty clear, right? It just means, do they know what I want them to know? But is it interesting or important is a harder question. It doesn't mean important like breaking news. Is it important to them? Is it interesting to them? Does it pass the so what test? If it doesn't, it won't go far. That means everybody is reading what's in it for them. Like if I open an email, it better be interesting to me. It must entertain me. It has some kind of important information, quick wins that I can use or else I'm out because I don't have time for that, right? That's what people want. So if there's one rule of thumb that we've learned from the internet office memes or dog videos, (laughs) it's this. People will happily give you your attention online if you entertain them. Now, does that mean you have to pick up one of those one-man band outfits that Bert had in Mary Poppins? No, you don't have to feel like you're a full-time entertainer, but you should consider yourself an educator of some sort. And because all business owners are educating through their nurture content. And after 12 years in the classroom, I can promise you this, you must sprinkle in humor or fun or interest into your lessons in order to keep your students, aka your customers, engaged. And that is the same for your email marketing. Keep them wanting to open your emails. Make it interesting. How do you do that? Personality, and storytelling because people buy from people. They like to know who you are. They want to trust you, know you, all that good stuff. And storytelling is also what makes it interesting. Now that doesn't mean you have to write a novel. Okay. Put that out of your head. It just means tell a little story, tell a little analogy that helps make sense of whatever the problem is that you're solving or the solution that you're illustrating. That's what we want to do. How can you get ideas for these things? Number one, You've got email prompts included inside the Confident Copy Calendar, which you can download if you haven't already right now for free. Grab that Confident Copy Calendar. I can't tell you. It's like packed full of stuff. Another way is that you can use ChatGPT to generate analogies. Now, I am not going to advocate for using ChatGPT for much, especially 
as in regards to writing, I think it's a great brainstorming tool. However, it is not a great writing tool. Other people will argue with me on this, but I just am not seeing it. I'm sorry. I just don't. I'm seeing very repetitive information coming out of ChatGPT. And I just don't think that's where you should go for writing your emails. Because again, I want you to be original. And the only way that you're going to be original is through your own personal life stories that a robot didn't write for you. ChatGPT is good for generating ideas. You could even generate some email prompts if you want. I use it to generate analogies occasionally. What do I mean by that? Let's say I want to illustrate the point of you being stressed out by email marketing and needing to get a plan in place. So I could ask it to generate an analogy that shows how less stressful it is when you have a plan and it could write a little short story. A lot of times I'm going to tell you, they come up with like ship stories, like boats. I don't know why. Ships and boats seem to be a very popular analogy for chat GPT. I would recommend skipping that because you know, there's so many times when I open emails now that I can totally tell ChatGPT has been involved. So try to avoid those repetitive things that it turns out. Another way you can use ChatGPT to avoid that blank page syndrome is to ask it, tell me the top questions in blank in my industry. So if, so if you are a nutrition coach who helps people with high protein meals, then you would ask what are some of the top questions regarding high protein meal planning? Or let's say you sell courses on how to use watercolor paints. What are the top questions about painting with watercolors? And see what it comes up with. And that may help guide you in creating content that more people want to know about. And that actually leads me to number three, which is listen to your audience. Use feedback that you get or questions that you get from the people in your DMs, in your inbox. All the people who ask you questions about what it is that you do and how you help and what questions they have that they want answered, use those to create your content. So just be actively listening as the days go by. Whenever someone sends you a DM with a question, maybe save it in a file so later you can go back and create an educational piece that relates to that specific question. You don't have to do all the heavy lifting. You can let your customers do that for you. Also, just be more aware of your everyday life and like the little things that pop up that could make a good story. So let's say you're in the grocery store and you have like um, you had to wrestle with the, the checkout line or you get really frustrated that, by the fact that you are now becoming a checker yourself because, you know, self-checkout is a whole thing. It's a whole hot topic today. Um, could you take that and make a story out of it? Absolutely. I mean, it seems like a very small trivial thing, but there are lots of different stories that could be illustrated by that, like the importance of people, how if you're frustrated with self-checkout, how it bothers you that there's not someone to converse with. And when you have problems, you're like wrestling with the machine. So you could use that to illustrate the power of relationships in businesses. You could also go the opposite way. Let's say you love the self-checkout because you are zipping through the line, you're getting things done, you're getting back to your car very quickly, and you're not spending as much time in the grocery store anymore. That could be a great example or illustration of how we use automations and online businesses to make things so much faster and streamlined and less problematic because, you know, there's only so much you can mess up with a self-checkout. So that's two different avenues with one similar story. And it is a story that all of us can relate to because most of us have had to deal with that. We've either had to choose the person, the checkout person or the self-checkout line. And we all have had to wrestle with like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? So 
little bitty moments of life, little slices of life can actually make really, really great stories. You just kind of have to train yourself to look around and think, okay, what would this little thing that just happened to me, how could I use it to illustrate X, Y, or Z? So start thinking about those things. And I would recommend using your notepad on your phone or keeping like a, just a little notepad in your purse. Because when you train yourself to look for stories, you're going to start to see them everywhere. I have a client that struggles with storytelling, but every now and then she'll come back from, um, a a trip or just even after the weekend and say, oh my gosh, I've got some stories for you. And they're just usually very small everyday life things, but we file them away and we think about what would this illustrate? We even have a little like chart where we put, this is the story and these are some things it could illustrate. And then when we need to come back to illustrate those things, we have stories stocked and ready to go. So look around, your everyday life is full of stories. Also look around at trends. And this could be trends in your industry or trends in the greater world. So right now, Taylor Swift, that's a whole thing, right? This whole year has been the year of Taylor Swift and everybody's talking about it. Even people who are not Taylor Swift fans are aware of the Taylor Swift mania, the whole Kelsey situation that's going on. Like it's a thing. It's a hot topic. So you can use that as a way to connect with your audience because likely whether they are a Taylor Swift fan or not, they know current events. They know trends. They know what's hot topic out in the world. And you can use that kind of to illustrate things. So how could you use that? Well, for one thing, Taylor Swift's tour is the Eras tour, right? And it talks about the different eras that she's gone through in her career and her life. And so you could definitely use that as an analogy for your own life or your business's transition and talk about how everybody goes through these different stages of business. I mean, it really depends on what you're trying to illustrate, like I said, but we all have something that's relatable. Like we all change and grow over time. We all have different eras in our business, in our personal life. And so you can use that as an analogy. Likewise, you can use it just as an illustration or a a hook, a great hook for for an email. Like I said, when we talk about storytelling, it doesn't mean you're going to go out and tell a once upon a time, climax resolution, you know, traditional story arc story in your emails. It can just be something that kind of like pops out and illustrates something for us in a different way. So Maybe you're, you're just using it as a simile, like this, this course will improve your Instagram engagement as much as the chief's rating when Taylor Swift started dating Travis Kelsey. Like that's a simile that you could use to uh, compare and contrast what the results are going to be for your course versus something that's a hot topic or a trend that's happening in the broader world that has nothing to do with what you're really selling. I think one more tip for blank page syndrome avoidance that is very much overlooked and underutilized is content repurposing. I think we do that because as creatives or as creative thinkers, we we think that by reusing things that people are going to remember and that they are going to be frustrated that you're using similar content. But if you boil it down, your messaging is going to be the same content over and over and over again. And just as a reminder, 
it takes people 7 to 11 or more times to absorb what you're saying. So they have to hear it that many times in order to actually hear it for the very first time, if you know what I mean. And if you're anything like me, like I can't remember what I wore two weeks ago on a Tuesday or what I had for dinner three nights ago. Um, I don't think people are really going to be remembering my emails from last November, right? So if I repurpose those, it's going to be okay. You know, I think about those true crime podcasts where they're asking people to remember where they were on a Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 after school 20 years ago. Like if they ask me that, I'm probably just going to be in trouble. I'm going to be arrested because I won't remember that. There's no way. And so get past the, the feeling that you can never say the same thing twice. And I don't mean just copy and paste an email back into your email service provider and send it out the same time, same place that you did last year. I mean, take that and tweak it just a little bit. You're likely selling a similar product. You could take out the story or change the hook or update something so that it reflects a current event, but still have the meat. The heart of the content is the same. You could even have the same links. Like you don't even have to mess with it all. I would definitely change the subject line. And sometimes, I mean, like if you're really, really having a bad day and you're suffering with severe blank page syndrome, try using an old email and just change the subject line. That's worst case scenario. But you definitely can repurpose content. Just do it with thoughtfulness. And it's better to repurpose than to not purpose at all. (laughs) That doesn't make sense, but you get what I'm saying. If you're stuck on ideas, another great thing that people love are behind the scenes. Give people a glimpse into what you're working on behind the scenes, some glimpse into your business, your processes, any of those things. It really lights people up because we're just nosy like that. Like we want to know what other people are doing at all times. Why do you think that social media got so big? And why has the onset of the get ready with me videos been such a big deal? People like to have a glimpse into everyday life. So you could do that. You could also tailor your emails to holidays, seasons, or special occasions. So if you notice in your confident copy calendar and workbook, there's a whole section of holidays in there. And some of them are quite silly, just to be honest, like National Girl Cheese Day. Not sure how many people are actually celebrating that, but it would be a fun like prompt for an email that maybe has nothing to do with anything important. Do you like grilled cheese? You could talk about how grilled cheese can be made in so many different ways and still be grilled cheese. And then you could relate that to, let's say you're a color consultant and you're saying there's so many different ways that a warm winter could dress and you could be wearing vastly different outfits and still be in your season. That is a great analogy. Think beyond the box. There's lots of different ways where you can get ideas for your content, whether it's from a calendar or from the news or from, you know, the latest TikTok craze. There's all kinds of ways that you can find fodder for your email topics just by looking around in your everyday life. So open up your eyes, keep your notebook ready, and let's see what you can find to write about this week. I challenge you to write down something that happens this week in your personal life and see how you can relate it to something that you sell or something that you want to teach other people about. And then I would love, love to hear about it. Please DM me at Megan Wisdom Writes on Instagram or send me an email. I'm so excited to hear what you come up with as we continue in this process of creating more confident copy and email marketing for 2024. And come back next week where we're going to be talking about how do you actually do the storytelling part of email marketing? It's one of my favorite things. Can't wait to talk to you about it. 
Hey, real quick before you go, if you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd be so grateful if you shared it with a business bestie or better yet, leave a review on iTunes because by doing so, you'll help this podcast reach more business owners who can learn how to use copywriting to grow their businesses. And that's what we're all about here. So thanks.